Welcome back to Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. With me today is Chris Kometso. He is the founder of PodFest. And here's a bit about Chris. He's very multifaceted, y'all. Chris Kometso holds the Guinness World Records title for the largest attendance for a virtual podcasting conference in one week and is a leading expert on podcasting and on-demand audio. His international conference, PodFest, is the longest-running continuous in-person podcasting event in the world and attracts thousands of attendees from over 50 countries each year. Running parallel with that event, Chris also successfully birthed VidFest as part of his efforts to build the home for all creators. With two decades and over 2,000 live events under his belt, Chris has worked with the world's most influential voices in marketing, audio, and technology. Those experiences inspired his best-selling book, Start Ugly, which has quickly become the go-to guide for entrepreneurs and influencers who are the beginning with their career journey. And without further ado, welcome Chris Comenzo to GEMS Podcast, where we're going to unpack developing influence in the new economy. Thank you, Genesis. I appreciate you having me. My pleasure, Chris. And your bio is extensive, and there's so much more to Chris than what I just read. So take some some time to introduce who else is Chris on the forefront as well as behind the scenes. So really, I'm a father of two little young girls. I love being a girl dad, um, family man first and foremost. And I think that that kind of runs into my business interests. So I, I do events, but really we build a community of people that we care for. So it's, it's a family. We call it the pod fam. Um, and I deal with creators. So when you hear VidFest or PodFest, it's really one big group of creators that are uh, on their creator journey. A lot of people call them influencers. So we'll use that term because people can relate to that. But I look at those individuals as creators. They're creating something, some art, uh, that people are appreciating. And my job through what I do is creating an ecosystem and a family for them to have to connect with uh, when they need help, support, and meet with their peers. And that's kind of where we fit into that that part of the ecosystem. That is amazing, Chris. And what made you get involved in this type of work? And then the second part of that question, does your wife um, participate in PodFest? So what made me get, get into this uh, work, I always, as a kid, for whatever reason, I used to watch the TV and I would program the TV as I was watching it. So I would yell at it because I'd be like, oh, they should put this here or there or there. I know it sounds like a weird thing to do, but I remember very intuitively as a child that I was like, I could program this better. Um, and it's a weird thing for a kid to think, but I remember that. And this is when TV didn't have a lot of channels. And I was like, oh, this should go there. They're really mess messing up the flow here. Um, so I, I started with public access. So I was one of the few people before like YouTube was created, I was able to get on uh, terrestrial TV in a TV station. And then we, I transitioned into YouTube and podcasting very fluidly. Um, my wife is one of the reasons why PodFest was started because she's a podcaster. So I, I don't know if you know our podcasting journey story, but I held a meetup and I talk about that a lot in 2013. And I was so excited about starting a podcast. I went home, told my wife, Katie, all about it. And she said, well, I think I want to start a podcast too. Cause she got excited for my excitement. And she goes, 
what do you want to talk about? I go, I want to talk about everything. I have no idea. I just, I'm excited. And she goes, well, I want to talk about helping business women and there's not enough female voices. And I think this is a great space. And I want to lift up women by highlighting really great business women. And we had a really great consultant at the time because we had a community of small business owners in Tampa and the consultant was very smart. He goes, I don't recommend the two of you start a podcast at the same time. And we said, why? He goes, you guys are doing 150 events a year. You realize something will drop if both of you start a podcast. So the agreement we had was Katie had a really amazing niche. Biz Women Rock was the show. And I was really great at marketing. So I was like, you know what? I was happy being the support to Katie's show. And I played the support system. And I, it kind of, it kind of is the, I, I don't tell this a lot, but it's the reason why PodFest grew because I realized I was watching Katie pull all-nighters because back in the day, there wasn't a lot of tech there wasn't a lot of nuances to how do you do the technology. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of frustration because a lot of the tools that are out today were not out back then. And I said, you know, not only Katie, I helped like 40, 50 people get started because we're doing these little workshops around the state. And I said, let's create PodFest and a meetup system once a month to help all these people. And that's how the PodFest ecosystem started growing out of watching Katie get frustrated of not having all the tools or the resources. And then PodFest started with 100 people back then. And now it's gone into the thousands, but it all started with like one podcaster, my wife. <laughs> that is amazing. And I love that you shared about Katie's story and the journey of how PodFest got started, because that's real, that's transparent, that's candid. People need to know. And it goes into, you know, a bit about your background and your journey, because your book is Start Ugly. And sometimes people think that you need to have everything all figured out before you can launch, before you could do the next big thing. But if you think about it this way, there are so many people who have amazing businesses, but they had their Start Ugly moments. They had the moments where they were up all night, where they had to pay their employees before they paid themselves, where they had to make a lot of sacrifices, but you never hear those stories and you only see that they've arrived, that they're on the pedestal, that they're doing all these incredible things. But let's go beyond the surface level. Let's dig deep. And I love that you shared that with me because it actually puts things in context. And so whenever you think about developing influencers in the new economy today, what does that look like, Chris? So uh, I think you mentioned this, but support is probably the number one ingredient. I know it sounds weird, but um, unlike a lot of other associations or groups, I remember when the pandemic came about and people were like, oh, your people are virtual already. I'm like, yeah, that's why we need to meet each other once a year. I was trying to explain that to like people that go to like different meetings. I'm like, our people starve to meet each other once a year because we were virtual before all this happened. Because um, a lot of podcasters are like, wow, all my relatives are learning about Zoom. We've been using it for a year. Like with people were using Skype before Zoom. So as like a daily tool, you know. Um, so what, what I, what, uh, what creators need from what I can tell, you get some creators that are the unicorns. They're like doing things and things just go through the roof, but that's not the majority creators need a support system. They need to know there's a group of other people going through the same pain points that they're going through and they need a place where they could get the right information that, um, that there's no other motive other than helping them grow. So like with PodFest, we make sure to like not have any other like alternate motive. Like there's no like, hey, buy this course at the end of the thing. It's really, here's the content. We hope you do well and support the next person up the, the chain. Not that there's anything wrong with the courses. It's just 
um, we look at it as in our community, we have people that have great courses, go help support them. So that it's, um, it's what a creator needs, they need to have the belief. And you know, it's tough now, because people get a lot of hate online. Uh, there's a lot of haters, there have always been trolls, but it's gotten really bad the last couple of years. So we just recently started a new mental health kind of track to help people with that. Because um, as creators, you're getting criticized all the time. And then people will say things about the way you look and um, we think it's really important to have PodFast and BidFast as an ecosystem to support those individuals when they're going through these tough times to help them focus on keep creating what they're doing and keep helping people out there. And I love that you said support because support is key and support doesn't always come from your family members and friends because they necessarily don't understand your vision. And it's not that it's a bad thing, Chris, it's just because you're traveling at a different wavelength. But sometimes people can easily get butt hurt because they're like, oh, my family members and my friends, they should support me because I'm doing something amazing. But I like to tell people, know who your tribe is and ride with your tribe. And I was like, I've had my own cousin tell me, hey, you know, if you really want to blow up on Instagram, you should put some makeup on. You should beat your face up because if I see your videos, they're just plain. I'm going to keep scrolling by. And what I heard is, okay, you're just not a part of my tribe. Like, I love you, but maybe you're not fit out for my message because I don't need to change who I am to attract certain people. I need to be uniquely me and put out amazing content. And the people who are supposed to listen to my content and supposed to stop at my videos will. But the minute you try to change and do something else to appease other people who were never really meant to validate you, then you lose a bit of yourself. Would you agree with that, Chris? Oh, absolutely. And, and yeah, family isn't always the best group to get feedback from um, because they're just looking at it from their lens. So yeah, I agree. Ha being, having a group of creators and having other creators that have been there, done that, or they could give you really constructive feedback. You know, my wife, Katie, um, when she started Biz Women Rock, she had a, we, it's always the close friends, as you know, that give you like the oof, hard feedback. <laughs> yeah. So we had, uh, we had a friend that told her, oh, all podcasters are broke and you'll never make any money. I don't know why he chose to say that, but we just, we just honored the fact that that person was stuck on stupid that day. And that's what they figured on telling her. My wife proved them wrong, obviously, but it wasn't about proving them wrong. It just, they wanted to make a statement. We're like, okay, we both, both of us looked at it was like, historically that comment will not age well. Um, but luckily we had each other's back. So we're both entrepreneurs and we, we support each other, but moving forward, if you, you need help, make sure you are asking people that understand what you're looking to do objectively and they could give you constructive feedback. So hundred percent agree with that. I love family and friends, but uh, and also sometimes they don't give you good feedback because they don't really even know your niche, if that makes sense. Like they're just watching stuff at random and they're not going to give you real constructive, like, hey, if you did this or that, there, there's some really good constructive feedback we get within PodFest that's very specific, that's actionable, and that helps people grow their shows. And I really love PodFest. So that's how you and I met. Like um, Wendy is amazing, then Andrew Weiss, and then one day I just reached out out the blue, Chris, and I was like, oh my gosh, I love what Chris does. And I want to interview him on my platform. I want to learn. So I was like, you know what, YOLO, let me just ask if he says yes, he says yes. If not, no worries, no love lost. Because what you do day in and day out for PodFest is just amazing. And it feels like a 
a place where we could just come and be ourselves, just unpack, love on one another, and just learn and grow. And you have so much influential people that come to PodFest, whether it's the virtual segment, whether it's the case study speakers, or, you know, the face-to-face speakers, because you guys just had an amazing um, meetup in Tampa. So how was it planning that event in Tampa? Because you already come from a background where you're already a SME, subject matter expert. Was it a cakewalk or did you have any hiccups for Tampa? It was not a cakewalk. This year has been the toughest year to get an in-person event. Originally, we're going to do June. We moved that back. Then we were going to do it in like, I don't know, September. We moved that back. And then last but not least, I was able to find a friend of mine who had a connection to the Amelie Arena, which is literally where the Tampa Bay Lightning play. So it's not only like a huge venue, it's not your normal venue. So there was a lot of logistical stuff. And we hosted two events at the same time just to be able to fill up the space. And PodFest, it was an amazing event. It was, we called it PodFest Origins this year because it's like bringing it back to the source. We realized a lot of people aren't ready to travel yet. So we had a virtual component which was amazing. You know, we had hundreds of people, you know, that was, then we had the in-person and the way we look at it is we just want to keep the brand. Our main thing is we want to keep our community and the brand connected to, to one another. And the people that needed the support needed to see each other in person, they showed up. And we know that for the majority of us next year in May is when everybody, the majority of ready to travel will be coming out. So we're excited. That, uh, so that's PodFest Expo, which is the big show. PodFest Origins was fun, but I will tell you, Genesis, the easiest thing to do this year was probably not do an event at all because of the logistical nightmare of dealing with um, everything that's going on. The, the other weird part is Florida, where I live, um, the hotels are all overbooked. So you can't even get hotels because all the other business from the States are flooding in here. We made more money this year uh, than we ever have. And last year, I think was a, was it last year? I don't know, but we've like breaking records on revenue. So the challenge is everything's at like 99% booked even during off season. So it's been an incredible year, um, to try and do any kind of event in the state, uh, for a lot of different reasons. And congratulations for, you know, those metrics and just superseding the amount of money that you've ever made. That just shows that, you know, people love what you do and people are going to support. And even though people weren't ready to travel, I love that you had a virtual component because that's the component that I was a part of. But you learned so much from whether it's virtual or it's in person. And I'm just so, so grateful for that. And now whenever you think more about developing your influence for this new economy, because a lot of people people were saying how the pandemic had shifted everything. A lot of businesses closed, while on the other hand, a lot of businesses were burnt. So whenever you think about what happened um, in the height of the pandemic, what was the hardest thing that you learned being an entrepreneur as well as a podcaster? And how has that helped you? So Well, let's deal with uh, being an entrepreneur. The hardest thing for me was we did a live event, in-person event, and five days later, the country shut down. So uh, the hardest part for me was like, are we going to be okay? Just as a civilization, like it was scary. If you really think about those days, no one knew what was going to happen. Not two little girls. Um, And then Katie and I made a choice not to... Uh, partake in any of the PPP funding because we felt that, hey, the event just happened. 
even though we knew it was going to be a rocky road. So we made a conscious choice to take care of ourselves and make sure the people that needed the help got it. Um, so we then focused on doing virtual events and we decided to go with a premium model. So a lot of the tickets we gave, we gave away over 18,000 tickets over the pandemic. And uh, what I learned, and it's, I wouldn't say I learned, I, I reaffirmed that you always have to have faith in what you're doing, that you're on the right path. And for me, as long as I follow my heart and I do the right thing, even if at the time I'm white knuckling it and I don't know if I'll make anything out of it, uh, the universe, God, whatever you want to call that force always seems to always pay me back with like, hey, I'll make sure you're taken care of. And so I always come out aces. Um, like you just mentioned, like this event, we just did the in-person event. There was no profit motivation for the PodFest Origins in-person event. The purpose of it was I want to see my family and I want to see them and let's all get together and then we'll, we'll figure things out as we go. So um, it served me really well following my, um, following my, my heart and my, and my intention. And thank you so much for sharing that. And what y'all did, you and Katie, by not taking any PPP loans, that was commendable because everyone was jumping on the on the PPP loan. And even people who didn't even need it, they were using it for the wrong intentions. And you saw how that easily backfired and how a lot of people, they went to jail. And I'm like, okay, good for you because you took someone's livelihood away. They could have very much used that money, but because you took it, they weren't able to you know, save their business. So, and that was a scary time. It was a scary time for businesses. It was a scary time because of what was going on in the medical field. You know, nurses and doctors were overworked. People like my dad face medical negligence and he ends up passing away in November because you guys were so worried about COVID. You weren't worried about nobody else who didn't have COVID, but they went to the hospital for something just minute as blood sugar levels being elevated. And three days later, my dad gets paralyzed from the waist down, wheelchair bound, his entire quality of life change. And then you see employers like mine, I was working for a Fortune 500 oil and gas company, Chris. And I said, hey, my dynamics have changed. I understand that you guys want to repatriate back into you know, the office, but I physically can't come into the office because now I'm a caregiver for my father. And they just didn't understand that. The one thing my boss told me She's like, I don't understand why you can't hire a nurse to take care of your dad. And during that time, that is when I felt it the most, because to me, it felt like companies were more worried about profit over people. And what was my saving grace was a podcast when my dad passed, because it was the easiest way for me to talk into a mic, Chris, without going to my family, because they're like, oh, well, you know, everything's going to be okay. But you don't know how I'm feeling because you've never lost a parent. You've never got gotten laid off from a job because I lost my dad. I got laid off from my Fortune 500 company. So a source of income was completely gone. Then um, I just had to pivot. And then after that, nine months and five days later, I lose my grandmother, which is my dad's mom. Then fast forwarding, um, my cousin was diagnosed with cancer. So my saving grace was a podcast, was PodFest, was connecting with people like you who understood because a lot of times whenever we're going through things, we could easily react or we could choose to do something that will not only build us up, but help somebody else. Yeah, no, I agree. 
And when I see all the incredible work that you're doing, along with your wife and your tribe of people that help you, what is the most rewarding thing and what warms your heart, Chris? I actually love seeing our creators connect with each other and create new possibilities. So that happens a lot. Um, I've seen people mentor someone, helping them get sponsorship for the first time ever on a show that they started on a whim. Um, I see people become best friends. Like that to me is the sauce. That's what I, and, and we see, you've seen this. We see people become really amazing speakers that just came into our world and we gave them a shot. And next thing you know, you know, they're amazing, or at least they're asking for feedback and they're getting better along the constant innovation cycle. So for me, um, that's why I do what I do. And I just love how the community always supports one another. And now I want to do something different, Chris. So are you ready for this? Let's do it. I want to flip roles really quick. I want to put you in, <laughs> in the host seat and me in the hot seat. So I want you to ask me some questions so I can learn from you and I could pour into you, Chris. Okay. So um, you mentioned that um, you transitioned from your job. What have you learned from that experience uh, becoming a caretaker and then, you know, losing loved ones uh, and kind of uh, not having that safety net of the job. What, what have you gotten out of that? So the one thing that I learned was that job security is not what it used to be. Jobs come and go and not to place all your eggs in one basket. And I feel like growing up being Afro-Latina and Caribbean, because my dad was South American and my mom's Caribbean, they teach you a certain way, like you go to school, you get a good job and all of that. But they teach you how to be an employee, similar to society. They never really teach you how to be that business owner, how to step outside of the box and et cetera. So it taught me, yes, it's cool if you want to be that nine to five employee, but you definitely have to have something else on the side to fall back in case a situation like this happens. It also taught me that, you know, loyalty, where is the loyalty? Because whenever my supervisor told me, why can't you hire a nurse to take care of your dad? It told me that she was more worried about me coming to work than she was worried about the quote unquote work and home life balance. You have a policy that talks about work and home life balance, but where is the policy whenever you have an employee that needs to take some time away? And I was already working from home remotely. So why couldn't I continue to work from home? As long as I was meeting my metrics, I was talking to my clients, everything was fine and dandy. But because you looked at the illusion that I wasn't coming back to work. You felt that other people would say, why does she get to stay home? But it's not other people's business to know what's going on in my family dynamics. If you're the supervisor, I'm telling you what's going on. And to me, that comment was just so harsh. And I feel like, you know, those type of comments and mentalities is why we're in the great resignation right now, because people woke up and saw there's things more valuable, my family, the time that I'm spending with them. And if I could work from home, then I could do that for myself or I could do that for a company that values me working from home to really have that dynamics because you spend the majority of your time at work and you spend more time with them than you spend with your family because you have to keep you know, a roof over your head, food on the table and all of that. But what are you losing in exchange for that? Yeah. And then the last question I have is what did you learn uh, taking care of your dad at the, at the end of his life? Ooh, it was, it was very hard. So I learned 
to kind of see things from his vantage point and his lens because I was just like, okay, dad, like we're very spiritual and religious. I was like, okay, dad, we're going to pray about this. We're going to get healing. But sometimes it's not my will be done or it's not his will be done. It's God's will be done because I was praying for healing. And I saw improvements whenever we got a physical therapist and occupational therapist for my dad, but maybe he was praying, you know, to take the pain and the suffering away because for you to go from a hundred percent independent to dependent and wheelchair bound where my mom and I are having to clean your your diapers and stuff so I had to learn not to be selfish but to be selfless because his quality of life changed not mine so I had to learn to kind of see things from his perspective and his angle even though I wanted things to go differently I also learned that whenever someone is going through something that is life altering then you can't kick a person when they're down because I was so used to my dad being one way. I never in a million years thought I would have to change my dad's diaper or that he would go through medical negligence or et cetera. So I had to learn, okay, I have to change the way that I see things. I have to change the way that I speak to my dad and I had to love him, love him unconditionally. And I and the the hardest thing that I that I learned, Chris, was Whenever I was young, my dad took care of me. Now that he's older, I have to take care of him. And it's a circle of life. And I don't have any kids, but I, I'm a wife. You know, I'm an aunt and stuff. So I had to learn how to compartmentalize certain things. And it was very hard. So I just learned that in, in the tough times, you have to kind of separate the noise, what other people are saying, and focus on what needs to be done at hand. Does that help answer your question, Chris? No, that's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful. So yeah, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. I learned a lot. Those were two very powerful answers. Thank you so much, um, Chris. And I like to do that exercise sometimes because then not only am I learning from you, Chris, but you're also learning from me. And it helps bridge the gap whenever we have transparent, fluid conversations like this. And I know we are talking about, you know, developing new um, influences in the new economy, but I feel like in order to develop influence in the new economy, you have to get to know who a person is and not just by them on paper and what they say, but actually go deep diving with the person. And I hope um, me doing that exercise helps you understand why I did what I did now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Chris, I want you to close us out with either one or two gems because the mission of my podcast is to educate, inspire, and motivate. So uh, I had someone actually ask me recently, and they go, I checked out all your social numbers, and they don't justify you having a big conference. And I found that interesting. And I and they said to me, how are you doing it? I said, I don't know, other than I care about the people that are in front of me, and I just take care of them, and they take care of me. So it kind of comes full circle to what you just said earlier. Um, I'm, I'm not a social celebrity, not looking to be one, but I am looking to be a human being that cares about the people that are within my wheelhouse that I could watch over and at least contribute in some way. That's one. And then the other thing, um, when I grew up in New York uh, in a town called Oyster Bay, there used to be the 26th president of the United States, Teddy Roosevelt was buried not too far from my house. And I used to go up 26 steps to his memorial and there was an inscription. And the way I remember it, it's, it's not exactly how it's written, but I remember it, um, it was inscribed on a, a stone right by his headstone. 
and it was keep your feet on the ground and your eyes on the stars. So I made a painting of a grandfather painting, uh, pointing at a shooting star with his cane and his grandson underneath him. And the inscription underneath their feet says, keep your feet on the ground, your eyes on the stars. And the stars to me represent the people I work with. They're all at any one time, one's a shooting star. So I'll leave you with that. Like always keep your feet on the ground, but your eyes on the stars, you, you never know what you could accomplish. I love that. And Chris, once again, tell the listeners and the viewers who you are, how they could connect with you and your CTA for this episode. Yeah, uh, Chris Kremitzos, I'm uh, part of the team of PodFest. If you ever want to look us up, go to podfestexpo.com. We are the official PodFesters. There's, you know, as far as when you hear PodFest, this is it. And um, uh, you can look me up, Chris Kremitzos, on any of the social platforms. I'm pretty much there. But podfestexpo.com or vidfestexpo.com, if you're into YouTube, you can find us there. Enter your email. You'll get emails from us. We do a lot of updates. But Genesis, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me on your show. My pleasure. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS with Genesis Amaris Kemp. You just heard Chris Comitso, and we unpack a lot of GEMS in this segment. But I really want to highlight what Chris said. Keep your feet on the ground and look up to the stars. Never allow somebody to place limitations on you. Don't allow yourself to be in a box or boxed in because you weren't created in the box. Spread your wings and soar high like an eagle and be all that you were created and destined to be. Your purpose is big and bright because you were born, you were created. So allow yourself to step into endless possibilities and endless realities because we believe in you and we are rooting for you. And if somebody doesn't understand you, that's because they're not a part of your tribe. So Pay attention to who's connected to you and what season of life that you're in. There's always a mess in order for the message to be birthed. So think about it that way. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on YouTube, Gems with Genesis and Mars Kent. Peace, y'all.